You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Well, good evening. Um, I told Pastor when I came in tonight and talked to him, I was like, I've never felt so over-prepared and under-prepared for a message in my entire life. Um, we've spent the last 18 weeks in the couples class going over this material, love and respect. And to boil down 18 weeks into, what Brother Ruckman said, three hours. So I'll just use his you know, time and we'll go for that. Um, it's difficult. Um, you want to get everything that's impactful. And there's so much impactful things there that I believe have been helpful um, I'll just start by saying it's helped my marriage. Um, I was talking to pastor, this was during the quarantine when we weren't doing Sunday school at all, and I knew we had a lot of new couples coming to the class or just getting married, and I was like, what's the best thing that you've ever read or done that's just for marriage, just like straight up bottom shelf marriage, and he suggested love and respect. And so when Lisa and I went on vacation to Tennessee, we, we bought the book and we read it while we were on vacation, and we're just like, wow, this is convicting. Um, and it, uh, it got to me, it got to us, uh, it changed the way we treated each other, it changed our perspective, uh, it changed our view of marriage, and so when I came back, just to, to be able to teach it, uh, and then this morning I asked everyone in class to kind of give a thing or two that's been helpful to them, and then to hear everyone kind of give a couple things that they've seen or heard that's changed them, it's, it's impactful, so I recommend getting the book. Right, if you're if you're married, I don't. We've been married. Be, it was 18 years this last December, so you know, not a short amount of time, not super super long, but close. And uh, you know, whether it's 18 years, whether it's two years, whether it's 30, I think uh, it could be help to you, regardless of where you are in your marriage. And if you have a great marriage or a good marriage, I think it can make it better. So I recommend getting the book Love and Respect. I also not to pat my back because it's I just take the material, but it's all on YouTube on the adult Sunday school class for the Eastside Baptist Church. Every lesson's up there. So if you want to go listen to them, they're all there. Again, not because of what I have to say, but just because the material is there and it's, it's good material. So there's the preface. You ready? It's a lot. Okay, everyone stand if you would. Get your Bibles out. Turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. I'm probably not going to give you anything you've never heard before, most likely. Um, but maybe just a different perspective and different viewpoint for it. Um, Like I said, if you're married, it's going to help you, I think, if you take the principles biblically and apply them. If you're a young person or single, you're not married yet, but you'd like to be someday, um, this is a good good way to prepare yourself. Um, If you're, you know, if you're past where you don't know about the marriage thing coming up, it's just overall, it's how you treat people. And it can be applied to any other relationship you have in your life. Now, we're going to talk specifically about marriage, but you can take the same principles and apply them to just people uh, in general. So, all right, Ephesians chapter 5, we're just going to read one verse, uh, verse number 33. Verse number 33. The Bible says, Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this evening. Lord, uh, please help me as I speak. Help me to have clarity of mind, to know where to go. Uh, Direct me. Please don't let me do it on my own, but Holy Spirit, guide me. Give me the things that would be beneficial to your people. Uh, Lord, you've given us great examples, great commands, 
that uh, if we obey and follow, blessings come. Lord, I pray that you help us to see that and uh, change our lives accordingly. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. All right, my lovely assistant, Mark, up in the sound booth. Hi, Mark. Uh, we have some slides I'm going to put up here for you just to give you a visual of uh, some of the things that uh, we'll be talking about tonight. So the very first one up there, is, it's called the crazy cycle. All right, so let me just preface this with that's there. Take a look at it. Going back to verse number 33 we just talked about. The, the verse there is a command, right? It's a, it's a command to us as husbands. It's a command to you as wives. These aren't like, hey, this would be a good idea, or I suggest for best results. This is God telling us as husbands and wives how we are supposed to be. So we, this is in many other passages in the Bible, but here specifically we're talking about tonight. The Bible tells husbands to love their wives as themselves. Okay, so I mean, if you just, just start with this verse alone, regardless of all the practical things we can get to, husbands, you are supposed to love your wife. And going in other passages, he, he uses it, the analogy of love your wife like Christ loves the church. Now, we've heard that probably if you've been married and been in church any amount of time, you've heard that. Yep, I've heard that verse. Yeah, we need to do that. Do you realize the command that that is and the weight that it bears? As a husband, you're required, you're commanded to love your wife like Christ loves us. That's huge. Like, that's big. And spoiler alert, on your own, you're not going to be able to do it. You will fail. So there's a lot of responsibility there, though, as a husband, and a lot of onus on you on how you treat your spouse. The one person on this earth that you're the closest to, right? The one relationship you have that is the tightest. God says to leave and cleave to become one. Husbands, that one person is your wife. Not your mom. Not your mommy. Sorry. (laughs) Right? Not your dad, not your brother, not your best friend. Your wife is the person on this earth God gave you. And he says, love her like I love the church. Amen. Hard way to start. We're deep already. Okay? Secondly, wives, the Bible says, and wife see that, thou, that she reverence her husband. Now, that word reverence there is also respect. Right? So the command to husbands to love... There's, you probably heard sermons, lessons, illustrations on husbands, love your wives. Me, personally, growing up in church, I haven't heard a ton of sermons about wives respect your husbands. But it's a command just as equal and just as important as husbands love your wives is wives respect your husbands. And that could be difficult, right? That can be something, because let's be honest, I'm a husband. We don't always deserve respect, right? We're kind of dumb sometimes. We can do silly, sinful, dumb things, and we don't deserve the respect. But there's no commas to say as long as he deserved it, as long as he's earned it, respect him. It's just a straight-up command. Husbands love your wives. Wives reverence or respect your husband. So the way this principle is all set up is we have the crazy cycle. And this is what you've all been there. If you've been married any amount of time, you've been on this cycle once or twice. And I look at it kind of like a merry-go-round, right? You get on it and you just start spinning. You hold onto the bar there on the side and you just kind of rev your foot and you get it going in a circle and it can really get going. The way this works is the one thing the wife needs more than anything else in the world is love from her husband. She needs the love from you guys. She, she needs it. She requires it. That's why God commands us as husbands to give it. She requires it. 
But also, wives, what a husband needs more than anything else, and a lot of guys don't even realize this. We don't, again, we're not very smart sometimes. We have thick skulls, but we don't realize we need respect. God has made us that way. And that's why he commands wives to give the respect, because the husband needs respect. He needs that, and he needs it again from you, the person that's closest to him on this earth. So when we get away from doing what we're supposed to do, and as husbands we treat our wives without love, we treat her uncaringly where she feels like she isn't loved, she reacts in a way that is disrespectful. And it comes back, and most of the time if you've had a conflict, we'll call them, this is probably how it's gone. Right, you, treat, you treated her without love, and she reacts and responds by treating you without respect, which makes you feel disrespected, which causes you to treat her without love, which causes her to feel unloved, which causes her to treat you without respect, and you see the cycle, and it just goes. Some people live their marriages this way, and it's a constant battle, it's a constant bickering, headbutting, fighting, just unpeaceful is a good way to put it. We don't want to be there. But that is, in fact, where we can go very easily. And you will go there. You can't stay off it all the time. It's something that comes up. But it's just how long are you going to stay there and how fast are you going to get it going before you realize we need to get off of this and get on to something else. So the, the wives need love. Husbands need respect. How do we know that? How, how, is that, how can we just carte blanche say, yes, that's, that's the basic needs. How do we know that? Well, first of all, God commanded husbands and wives to give the opposite person what they need the most. So there's reason number one. God tells us what to do. And if we can just use our brains, God gives us good advice. So if we're supposed to love, that's what the wife needs. If you're supposed to reverence or respect, that's what the husband needs. Pretty, pretty smart. Um, but often, think about this. Wives often ask. Now, not to throw Lisa under the bus, but Lisa's asked. She's the only wife I have. So it's the only one I can draw from. Uh, the only experience I have there. But a wife will often ask to their husbands, you know, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you really love me? Now, hopefully, you know, your wife has probably never asked you that before, right? Yeah, right. Uh, your wife has probably said, does, do you love me? Do you really love me? Now, she, she knows you love her, but she wonders, does he love me as much as I love him? Because love for a woman comes naturally. They love. They, they, they open their heart and they love, and they love you as a husband just naturally. It's easy for them. For a husband, for a man, it doesn't come quite that way. We do love, and it's, we can learn to love well, but as a man, we understand a different language, right? It, it's different to us, and we'll talk about that here in a minute. But wives, wives often ask, do you love me? I don't know very many husbands that have ever really honestly gone to the wives and be like, do you love me? Most husbands don't do that, right? But if you ask a husband, most of the time say, does your wife love you? They'll, they'll probably be like, well, yeah, of course, my wife loves you. But if you follow up with the question, but does she like you? Yeah. <laughs> right? Do you, does she like you? That could be a different answer. Right? Maybe she, no, I don't know. Not today. Not after what I did. <laughs> right? Does she like you? And that's, that just proves the point. And the laughter, the knowledge of that is for real, proves the point that a, a husband knows his wife loves him. But he needs the respect or the like from her. Right? That's what he needs the most. So those are two ways that we can know that these are primary needs for us. Husbands don't wonder if their wife loves them, but they do sometimes wonder if she likes them. All right, so that's our crazy cycle. Our next slide here will be the energizing cycle. This is the goal. This is where we want to be. 
Okay, in your marriage, this is where you want to be. You want to be in the energizing cycle where you treat her with love. You treat her the way she needs to be treated. And it motivates her to treat you with respect. And when the wife is motivated to treat her husband with respect, that motivates him, in turn, to treat her in a loving way. And it's not even something we really have to think about. It's just a natural reaction when you're treated the way you're supposed to be treated, that God commands you're supposed to be treated, typically in a good-willed, natured marriage, and where two people have goodwill towards each other, they're trying to do their best, not perfect by any means, but good-willed. When they're treated in a way that God commands us to treat, they, in turn, respond with the way that the spouse needs to be treated. So that's where we want to be, right? And that takes work. That takes effort to get there. It's, it's not natural. It's something that you have to work on with a marriage. It doesn't just happen. Because if we just let it just happen as is, we, we get on that crazy cycle more often than we would like to admit. And we treat each other poorly. And that, that's where the selfishness comes out. So I have a real quick story I'm going to read from his book um, that gives us uh, a good indication of love and respect, husband for a wife. So we're going to start with, I guess we could go to the next slide here real quick before I get there. So we have two acronyms. We have couple and we have chairs. The couple is the, for the wife, what the wife understands as love. Wife understands these things as love. And we'll go through them briefly as we get through. The men understand respect in chairs. Okay, so this is just an acronym he has made to explain practically things that we can do for our wives to show love, things you can do for your husbands to show respect, and things that matter and that mean something. Okay, so the very first one there for the the wives' side is communication. So guys, if you've been married to a woman any amount of time, you know they like to speak. They like to talk. They like to have communication. They like to have discussions. uh, And God made them that way. Okay, a lot of times we'll be like, oh yeah, the wife likes to talk. But re- unrealizing that you're, you're bemoaning something that God made her in a certain way for you. So we as husbands need to understand the communication part of a wife and how that says love to her. So communication is something that we communicate differently. I talked about a different language, respect and love for, for men and women. Men and women communicate in code. Really, whether they realize it or not. We speak a certain way and we, we view things with a certain perspective, depending on if we're men or women. He uses the analogy of wearing pink sunglasses, if you're a woman, and wearing blue sunglasses, if you're a man. And also having blue hearing aids and pink hearing aids. So when you look through the world and you speak as a man with blue sunglasses and blue hearing aids, you see things a certain way. And when the wife hears your blue speak to her and views it through pink, and hears it through pink, it may come out differently. She may interpret it a little differently. And that's where communication is really key in understanding what we're saying to each other. So here's a, here's a story. I'm going to read it word for word, which I know that can be kind of hard to listen to, but I'll, I'll try to use inflection and all the good things reading out loud. I wish I had pictures. I would show you all pictures as I read. But here we go. A couple was about to celebrate their 10th wedding anniversary, and the wife began to wonder if her husband would remember There had been plenty of times during the past decade when he had forgotten their anniversary altogether. Boo, poor guy. No matter what she did, little hints, bigger hints, he would miss it. But on their 10th wedding anniversary, with no hints at all, he remembers. He makes a beeline for Hallmark and is soon gazing upon all those racks of greeting cards. 
One colorful card quickly catches his eye. He skims the words, they're perfect. He thinks this card is her, no doubt about it. He grabs it off the shelf, pays the clerk, hurries home rejoicing. He grabs, uh, sorry, uh, finally he has remembered their anniversary and a special one it will be too. She's there when he arrives at home, so he sneaks the card into another room, signs it, quickly writes her name in the envelope, even adds a couple little tiny hearts over her name for an extra touch. Then he comes out, hands it to his wife, her 10th anniversary card. She beams from ear to ear. She's so happy. Finally, he remembers. She tears open the card and begins to read it. And then her face falls. The eyes that have been bright with loving energy turn cold. Her beaming countenance becomes sour and dark. What's wrong, her husband asks. He's a very sensitive guy and he can pick up on these things. Nothing. There is, there's nothing wrong. He says, there is too. What's wrong? No, there's nothing wrong. But there is. I can see it. What is it? Well, it's not bad for a birthday card. As you might guess, the conversation is headed downhill from here. You're kidding, says the husband, grabbing the card from her hand. No way. Unbelievable. No, you're unbelievable, she says. The husband blinks in the face of his wife's very real anger. He knows he is full of goodwill. He has remembered their 10th anniversary. He has bought her a present as well as a card. Well, honey, I made an honest honest mistake. Give me a break. Give you a break? An honest mistake? Oh, it was an honest mistake, all right, because you just don't care. Do you know what? If you took your car in to be detailed and they put a stripe on it the side that that was a fraction of an inch off, you'd notice that, wouldn't you? Why? Because you care about it. But you don't care about our anniversary and you don't care about me. Huh! Harsh, right? But you can see, maybe you've not had that exact conversation. But I bet, just a guess, unless it's just me, and I'll be transparent. I've had conversations like this with my wife, where they've spiraled out of control and gone way off the path where we should have been because of miscommunication, misunderstanding, past hurts that have not been forgiven and let go of, things just not paying attention, All these little tiny details that really aren't that big of a deal blew up in his face. And to him, it's an honest mistake. To her, it's just another mistake. And it just piles on. And it shows that he doesn't care. Does he really not care? No. In this situation, he definitely cares. He is trying. He thought he did the right thing. But he made a mistake. And to her, she felt unloved. And when she felt unloved, she reacted in a way that was, to him very disrespectful and so when he was disrespected now he reacts unloving again and here we are on the crazy cycle all because communication was not exactly where it should have been so you can see how quickly it can we can get there and maybe you've not had a conversation like that but you could probably think of some time in your life that something similar might have happened our lenses cause us to see and interpret things different And we have to work on deciphering each other's codes. Okay, you married your spouse. You decided at some point in your life, she's the one, he is the one, I do, right? Till death do us part. You decided that. You decided to spend your life with this person. Now you have to work at it. And that means you have to work at understanding what he's saying, what she's saying. The onus, if, again, if both of us, if the husband and wife are both saying the onus is on me to understand you, and both of them are doing that, they're going to have a much better time of communicating. 
They're going to do much better at understanding what the other person has to say. We need to decipher each other's codes. If we thought that way, if we tried to understand where they were coming from, our reactions to each other would be a little slower, right? We wouldn't be so quick to accuse or quick to be hurt. We would react a little slower. We think about where the other person's coming from, and, you know, it might change the conversation. If just one spouse did that, it could change some fights like this or conflicts, and it may never get to that point. If one, just one spouse decided to slow it down and try to decipher but often that's not what happens. So, energizing cycle, that's where we want to be. So, how to spell love to your wife, husbands, couple, is the, the acronym that he uses. The energizing cycle is proactive, it's positive, and it's preventative. Alliteration, hooray, we love it. All right, so we're going to go through some of these quickly. I apologize, this is not the best way to get this information, it really isn't. I'm just going to try to hit some of the high points I'm going to skip over some really good stuff, but again, read the book. I I recommend reading the book so heavily. I can't recommend it more. If you're married, read this book with an attitude of how can I change me. Okay, so the first two, closeness and openness. Wives need closeness. They do. They need closeness. When, when conflict comes in the marriage, whether it's big, whether it's small, a wife wants to remedy that. She wants to keep the relationship updated. And the way that they keep relationships updated is they talk about it. They have communications. They have conversations. They talk about the status of the relationship. They talk about where they are, what's going on with you as the husband, right, as a man. Now, men don't, don't necessarily do that. We don't need constant communication to keep our status updated as far as our relationship goes. But again, you're made differently. Your wife does. She needs that communication. So a lot of times when conflict comes, the wife will come and confront the man on even the smallest little thing that she feels is off. If she feels something that's just not right or something's off between you two, most likely, and again, this isn't always the case, but most of the time she will come and confront trying to resolve that issue. Now a man may interpret that as, whoa, what are you, why are you trying to control me? Back off, no, you know, they may feel like they're being attacked. Or being disrespected. As a man, you have to understand that's not what she's trying to do. She is trying to take your relationship and strengthen it. And the way that she does that is she needs to communicate with you. She needs to talk with you. Understand, man, she doesn't want to fight. She doesn't want to conflict. She just wants to communicate to resolve whatever is going on. And we as men, sometimes we don't always like to talk. You know, sometimes we just, we don't, we'd rather not. And we'll get to that point here in chairs as well. But when you're open as a, as a man, when you're open and willing to speak, to communicate with your wife, again, she's the person, one person on this earth that you're the closest to. If you can't talk to her, who are you talking to? Okay, who, what, what's the point? What'd you do it for? Okay, if you just got married because she was pretty and then you moved on, that's, that's not how this works. That's not, you're on the crazy cycle, guaranteed, if you have a problem communicating with your wife. She needs you to talk to her, and you need to be willing to talk to her. Now, we'll tie that in with openness. Not only does she want you to talk to her, okay, I know we're asking a lot already, but she wants you to be open with your feelings. That was hard to say. It doesn't get any easier. She wants you to be open with your feelings, how you're feeling about things. 
The last thing in the world men want to talk about is their feelings. Right? Ugh. Bleh. I'm fine. There's my feeling. I'm fine. Okay, but again, your wife wants to build a relationship. She wants to strengthen that relationship. And for her to feel that way, for her to feel loved, for you to make sure she understands that you love her, she needs you to communicate with her and she needs you to be open about your feelings. You don't have to be open about your feelings with anyone else. No one. Your mom, your dad, your best friend, please not your best friend. Guys, friends, I don't need you to be open with me, okay? Just, we're cool. But your wife needs that. She needs it from you. She, and you have to give it to her because she's not going to get that again from anyone else, right? She needs the openness from you. Women are expressive responsive, most of them, okay? Which means they want to talk about things. They want to have issues out in the open for discussion, right? If they have an argument with their girlfriends, with one of their girlfriends, what do they do? Most of the time, they'll have a fight, they'll have an argument, and if they get together for coffee to talk about it, eventually, both of them will end up crying. They'll end up hugging each other, saying, no, I'm sorry, no, no, I'm sorry, it's okay. And they'll just talk about it, they'll talk it out, and they'll be fine. Guys don't do that, do we? We don't have coffee dates. We don't cry to each other about things. But again, guys, your wife is not your best friend, not your buddy. She's your best friend, but she's not your pal. She's not your brother. She's your wife. She needs you to be open. That doesn't mean you have to have crying sessions with her, but it, needs, it means you need to be there emotionally available for her. It means that you need to be open. So women are usually expressive, expressive responsive. Men, we compartmentalize. That's what we do. If we have an issue or a conflict and we just don't want to deal with it, we put it in a little compartment in our brain and in our heart. We shut the door and we pretend it doesn't exist anymore. And we walk away. And we could deal with it, right? Sometimes you have a fight with your wife and you'll, get, you'll argue and you'll have a fight and you'll resolve it and it'll be done. And you'll walk away and she'll come back and say, she'll bring it up again and be like, what was it we were fighting about again? I don't remember. Because you've dealt with it, you've done with it, and it's gone. A wife doesn't work that way. Think of it like a string of Christmas lights, right? If you put a string of Christmas lights up and one of those bulbs go out, there's some lights that the whole string is gone, right? That's, that's your wife, Okay, if one conflict comes up in her life, the whole light, string of lights goes out until that bulb is taken care of. That bulb needs attention. That bulb needs to be replaced or fixed or talked to so that it's connected and then the lights can light up again. That's your wife. Men, your wives, your husband is this. He's the string of lights where when one light goes off, there are the rest of them are fine. You could lose two or three of them, but the lights still work. That's your husband. He's like, oh, that light's off? Eh, we'll just, we'll fix that later. Don't worry about it. Move on. That's your husband, wives. And that's where you see we're different. And that's for husbands, that's where you see your wife is not like you. She cannot, she, not necessarily she cannot, but most of the time she doesn't want to compartmentalize. She wants openness with you. She wants communication with you so that she feels the relationship is good. You guys are close. You're connected. You have a strong bond. But if you ignore things and put things off, don't resolve conflicts. That's why I say don't go to bed mad. Because they, you know, what husbands, we usually can fall asleep, no problem, right? In a couple minutes, even if we've been fighting, be like, well, we'll take care of this tomorrow. <laughs> Snoring two minutes later. A wife will lay there, think about it, and get mad about it again. And get upset at you for things you might have said. Or what if you did this? Right? Your wife is different than you. And you need to give her that openness. You need to be the one to provide that to her. Okay? Husbands tend to close off. And husbands, this is a very easy thing that we can do. If a wife approaches us with an issue she's having, 
and maybe we're at fault or we're part of the fault and we don't agree, we'll stonewall. We'll build our wall up. We'll say, okay, fine, whatever you say, done, done talking. The wife hasn't resolved the conflict. The conflict's not resolved between the two of you. The wife still wants to connect and wants that openness, but you're done. You set up a wall and it's, a, it's one word answers now. It's yep, fine, whatever, sure. It's obvious it's not fixed, but you're done. That's not openness. That's called close, closing yourself off. Yes. Building walls between you and your wife, don't do it. That's the opposite of what your wife needs. Again, you are commanded to love your wife. And when you stonewall your wife over things, you are, you're telling her, I don't care. I don't care about the situation. I don't care enough about you to resolve this now. And it's very easy for us to do. Because again, we compartmentalize things. We can put walls up and move on and be fine for the most part. But if you do that too much, pretty soon those walls are going to come down and you're going to have an earthquake. Instead of just having a couple bricks that you need to move to talk, you're going to have walls piling and falling on top of you in your relationship, so to speak, because you've just put things off over and over and over again. Your wife needs you to be open. She needs you to communicate. You need to share your feelings with her. Be open about your feelings. A lot of times, guys, we don't even understand what we're feeling sometimes, and we pretend like it's not there, and we suppress it because we don't know how to handle it. Share that with your wife. Your wife is your helpmeet, is she not? She's the one that's supposed to be there for you. If you can't share your emotions and feelings with her, you're just bound to fail somewhere. Share it with her. She, that's, again, that's how she understands love. That's, where, that's how she feels love. So those are the two biggest ones that I would say in couples. Communication and openness. And man, i got to move. Um, understanding. Listen. Don't, you don't always have to fix things. Right? Have you seen the YouTube video with the lady with the nail in her head? And she's sitting there with the nail. She's like, I just don't get it. I take my sweaters off and I get snags in them. I have this piercing headache just right here and I don't understand. And her husband's like, well, it's probably because there's a nail in your head. She's like, I don't want you to fix it. I just want you to listen. Just listen to my pain. Don't try to fix it all the time. He's like, oh, okay. So he lets her talk. She's like, it just hurts, you know? I just, I don't know where it's coming from. He's like, yeah, that sounds hard. I don't know how, man, it sounds tough. And silly, but that's what wives need. Wives need you just to listen sometimes. We want to fix it. Here's a solution. Let me give you a solution on how to fix it and everything's great. Boom. She doesn't need that all the time. Sometimes she just needs you to listen. That's understanding. Uh, peacemaking. You set the tone for your household, men. Your emotions, your emotional state, your, your attitude, your personality. You as the leader of the home should set the tone for the feel of the house. Right? The peacemaking. You set the tone. Don't run from conflict when conflicts arise. Work through it. Use understanding. Use communication and openness to come to a resolution. Say, I'm sorry. It's okay to admit when you're wrong. When your relationship with your wife and you mess up, first of all, be willing to admit you mess up. Don't defend yourself all the time. When you mess up, own up. Man up to it and say, I'm sorry and rectify. Your wife needs to hear that you're sorry. Your wife needs to know that. Proverbs 51 says, a, false an- or a soft answer turneth away wrath. Be soft in your answers sometimes, man. Be the peacemaker. Loyalty. Uh, that just basically means she needs reassurance of your love. Your, your wife needs to know over. And that's why she asks, do you love me? She needs to know it. She needs to hear it. She needs to see it. She needs to feel it. She needs to know you love her and her alone. What are your feelings about you towards your wife right now? 
Where's your spirit in regards to her? Right? How, how do you build her assurance of your love? That's something you should actively be trying to do as a husband. How do I build her assurance of my love for her? That's how she understands love. She needs to have that assurance. Esteem. She needs to be esteemed. Uh, Ephesians 5.29 says, For no man uh, ever yet hateth his own flesh, but nourish and cherisheth it. Okay, God's talking about how we as humans will take care of ourselves. We love ourselves, we'll take care of ourselves, number one. But again, God tells us to love our wives as ourselves, right? Verse number 33, Ephesians chapter 5. So if you cherish yourself, do you cherish your wife? Do you esteem your wife? Song of Solomon, and we won't read there. There's a lot of good verses in Song of Solomon, husbands and wives. Just saying, we kind of stay away from that, that book because it's weird and we feel all gushy and mushy. When we read it, it's just very flowery language, and we're uncomfortable, to be honest with you, about how that is. But there's some good stuff there. Song of Solomon 7, 6, talking about the wife, says, How fair and how pleasant art thou, O love, for delights. That wife is esteemed. She is held on a pedestal because of who she is to him. He loves her so much that he thinks so highly of her that he puts her on a pedestal, and he tells her that. Now, I'm not saying you have to speak in that, you know, King James Version, Old English style, but when's the last time you've esteemed your wife with your words? When's the last time you lifted her up? Your wife needs to feel treasured. She does. She needs to feel treasured by you, and that's your responsibility as a husband to make her feel that way. Now, we often hear messages for men about agape, love your wives, right? Love your wives unconditionally. You probably heard lessons, sermons about that over and over again. But God also tells a wife to respect your husband unconditionally, right? Uh, That can be difficult, even unnatural, right? Because the world tells us, and we've been heard our whole lives, respect is earned. You have to earn my respect. I don't just give it out for free. But God says, regardless if he deserves respect or not, you are to reverence your husband. Can you give a list of things you respect about your husband right now? Could you write a list of things out that you respect about your husband? I, I would challenge you, we did this in class, to write a, a respect letter, right? Husbands write love letters, or you, know, you did when you were engaged. Wrote love letters to your, you know, your fiancé. But we write love letters. Wives, have you ever written a respect letter to your husband? Listed, and it feels a little weird, right? It feels a little awkward, I respect you about all these things and write that out. It feels a little strange, but again, if the husband needs respect more than anything else, how weird would it be if your husband never said I love you, never wrote a love note to you? You'd probably feel unloved. But when's the last time you said I respect you or I I appreciate what you do or wrote a love note, a a respect note to him? That's what he needs, okay? So we're going to move now to the chairs part. Man, I'm, and then the end is where it really gets good. So, okay, I'm going to blow through the, here a couple of these. So God set up a, high, a conquest. That's just men are made to work. God made Adam to work. That's what a man is made to do. And wives, you need to realize that, that a man is made, designed to be a worker. He identifies himself by what he does. When two men meet each other, what's the very, one of the very first questions they ask after their name? What do you do? What do you do for a living? Oh, where do you work? We identify by what we do. That's what God made us to do. Wives, you need to understand that. You need to realize that your husband and his job and who he is is important to him. 
And if you belittle his job or belittle what he does at his job or belittle anything that revolves around his work, he will view that as disrespect and that can hurt his spirit. So realize he was made to work. That's how God made him. Hierarchy and authority. I'm not going to go there, but Ephesians 5.22, if you go back, it talks about, you know, for, for hierarchy and authority, even as Christians, we have this view of submitting as a negative view. We look at submitting, we're like, how dare you try to press me down? How do you dare you try to dominate or say you're superior or suppression? Those are words that we affiliate with submission. But that's not what submission means here. Submission just means to rank under or place under, right? If you look at the military, there's just different ranks. It doesn't mean that the higher rank is more superior in worth to the lower rank. It just means that's where they are. God has a hierarchy. God's at the top. He has placed man second. He's placed the wife third and then the children of the wife. That doesn't mean he values the man better than either of the other two, but that's where his hierarchy is. That's how God's ranking works. So it doesn't mean that the man gets to just rule with an iron thumb. Can that happen? Yes. A man can be sinful and a man can misuse and abuse power, but that doesn't change what God has told you as a wife to do. Right? That doesn't change that. God doesn't give that exclusion. He just says submit. So a good-willed, good-natured man also understands the responsibility that comes with that. Verses 25 through 28 of Ephesians 5 give the responsibilities that husbands have to love their wives, like Christ loved the church. So it's God's hierarchy plan, and men, it's our responsibility to lead. Wives, it's your responsibility to submit, not just to your husband because he deserves it, but to God because that's how God set it up. Secondly is authority. Again, culture's made it unpopular, even sexist, to say the husband's the boss. Right? That's just frowned upon. You can't say the husband's in control. It's equal. It's a 50-50 split. We're both in charge. No, no. That's not what God says. That's what culture says. That's not what God says. God says he has a plan and he has an order for things. And the husband's responsibility and job is to be the leader of the home. A wife following God knows that to submit to an imperfect husband is really submitting to a perfect God. And that's how you have to view it as a wife when your husband doesn't measure up, because he won't. Or even if on the days he does, realize it's not to him that you're submitting, even though it is, it's to God that you're submitting. Uh, Insight. God gave man insight. Uh, If you recall, Eve was deceived. Not to throw that in your faces, ladies, but I'm just saying, Eve was the one that was deceived. The Bible does say so. Um, Again, culture has made man to be Homer Simpson. They, they have said the husband, the dad, the, the leader of the house is just a bumbling fool. He's an idiot. He doesn't know. He's just dumb. And he needs the wife there to, to make sure he can get through the day without killing himself. That's not the husband. The husband, that, the way that God instated it is that the husband is the leader. And sometimes he has insight to things that might be a blind spot to you as a wife. But in today's culture, it's very easy to be tempted as a wife to fall into that mindset of I'm being his helpmeet. And even using that as saying, I'm being his helpmeet to push him to be who he can be. And trying to push him along and make him a better man. And, and kind of, con, you know, controlling and pushing him where I, th- I think he should be. That's not what a helpmeet means. And that's not your job as a wife. Your wife is there to submit and to follow. And to, yes, give advice. Yes, give your input. But also understand that God has given man insight as well has given him wisdom and knowledge. And if he's the man leading the way he should be, 
you, you should follow him because he might have insight to things that might be blind spots to you. Relationship. Uh, that's the shoulder-to-shoulder friendship uh, that a man needs. A man needs that phileo love too, right? That friendship love um, from their wife specifically. So, uh, you know, wives, they want to have that love that means deep conversations, candlelit dinners, nice music playing in the background, and just having a deep, meaningful conversation about our future, about where our children are going to grow up to be and do, about what our, where we're going to live when we retire, about how, you know, just everything that everything is just loving and great and just mushy and awesome. And men, you need to be partaking that. But wives, your husband sometimes needs you just to sit by him out in the garage when he's working on something on his tool bench. No talking. <laughs> sometimes he just needs you to be there. He doesn't want to have deep, meaningful conversations sometimes. He just wants you to be there. If he hunts, go hunting with him. Sit in the tree stand. I know it's really small, but you'll sit on his lap. Sit with him. Just be there. Sit in the duck blind. Watch him work on the car. Sit there while he's watching the football game. Just be. A man needs that shoulder-to-shoulder friendship from his wife. He needs that, 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 that relationship that's, that's friends. God tells you as, as a husband and wife to be friends as well. If you look in Titus, he talks about being a friend, not just a lover. Yes, you need to be a lover. You need to have those mushy conversations, that mushy relationship, and that deep connection. But you also need to be buddies and friends. And a man needs that shoulder-to-shoulder relationship where you just don't do anything. Remember that com- comment from the beginning? Does your wife love you? Well, yeah, she does, but does she like you? If you hang out with him and just be, he'll know you like him. He'll feel, feel that you like him. He might think it's weird. If you've never done it before, he'll be like, what are you doing? <laughs> Real suspiciously, like, why are you just sitting there? Just be like, oh, I'm just hanging out. Just watching you. And he'll be like, all right. He'll probably keep doing his stuff. And he, you know, he'll probably look at you and smile. Probably glance over you like with, huh. Inside he's going, this is all right. This is cool. This is fun. And you as a wife will be like, I don't get it. We're just sitting here. We're not talking. We're not doing anything. This is boring, and this does make no sense. How are we getting closer by doing nothing? But I can guarantee you, you're bonding. He is bonding to you, and you are showing him respect. And to him, that's a big deal. Remember, we want, you want to show your husband respect. That's what he needs, and that's a good way to do it. Lastly, sexuality. Um, your intimacy needs are different. I'm going to be very vague on this one, obviously, but uh, using intimacy as a bargaining chip is not respectful, right? God, God gave it to us for a specific reason, and using it as a tool or a weapon or a bargaining chip is not the way God intended it for, for it to be used, okay? That's all I'll say about that in this uh, crowd today. But ultimately, here I'm finishing. I'm sorry, it's a little after seven. Ultimately, um, love and respect is about you and Jesus, as much as it is, now I had to get up another notebook. <laughs> Has that ever happened? Here's another, my second notebook for tonight. Um, your relationship is about you and Jesus. It's, as much as it is about you and your, your wife, you and your husband, your relationship, your marriage, all these things are, and all these things are beneficial. If you do these things, if you attempt to love, if you attempt to respect, they will benefit your marriage. But ultimately, it's not about you and your wife. It's about you and Jesus. Okay, so I have this, sorry, see, I'm really going 
places. <clears throat> this is for Sean. Uh, have this rope. Hold on. This is not going as planned. Bear with me. Now it feels like vacation Bible school. It's okay. I'm not going to tie anybody up. I promise. Here we go. Awkward. All the kids are going, what's going on over there? Okay, this will work. Okay, so we have this rope, right? And I have painted the end of it as red. And this is where we're going to get. This is where, this is where it matters. This red portion of this rope signifies your lifespan here on earth. You see where I'm going with this? This is your life. This is, let's just say 100 years. Let's be generous. This is 100 years of your life. The rest of the rope is eternity. Okay, now it's bundled up down there. Eternity got a little sideways. But imagine this, this rope goes out the door, down the front, out the front door, down the street, around the block. Right? It's, it goes on forever. This is your life right here. Your entirety of life on earth, planet earth, in your body that you inhabit right now, all exists right there. Everything else in eternity is the rest of the rope. Does that give you a visualization of how short this is? And how important, yes, it's important, but what's more important you're on your way to heaven. You're saved, assuming you're saved. I mean, you could look at it this way. This is your eternity in hell if you're not saved. But if you are, this is eternity with God, with Jesus in heaven, in perfectness and joy and pure bliss and everything perfect. I mean, the word perfect applies there, <laughs> right? But that's eternity. This is your life with your spouse. This is the time you spend with your spouse. When you were getting married, you look forward to that day can't wait you prepare you put all this planning and timing into it you get married and it's great for the first couple years and then you get used to each other and then it kind of gets boring and then maybe you start treating each other poorly and then you just you lose it and you don't work at it and it gets on the crazy cycle and you spend half of this time bickering and fighting and on being unhappy having an unfulfilled marriage an unpeaceful marriage on edge all the time, miserable, just eh, not fun. But the rest of everything compared to this is so much greater, so much bigger. So when you look at your marriage, don't look at it as much as it's about me and her or me and him, but it's about you and him. And the eternity that matters after that. Right? It's, it's, not, it's not respecting your husband because he deserves it. It's respecting your husband because God told you to. Right. When you respect your husband because God told you to, it doesn't matter what he, your husband, does or doesn't do. You're doing it as unto the Lord, not unto man. Amen. Also in Ephesians, Ephesians 6, 7 says, With good will, doing service as unto the Lord and not unto man. It's easier to respect your husband out of obedience to God rather than when he deserves it because he loved you. It's easier to love your wife out of obedience rather than she treats you right. Ultimately, your marriage has nothing to do with your spouse. has everything to do with your relationship with Jesus. That's what love and respect is all about. And the good thing is when you start doing things as you're doing them unto the Lord... The byproducts are happy marriage. If you want to go to the next slide, Mark, 
When you start treating them that way, when you start treating your spouse that way, when you start living that way, you get into the rewarded cycle. And that's where you love her regardless of her respect. And you respect him regardless of his love. Regardless of how your spouse treats you, you treat him or her the way God tells you to. Because now it's not about he or she treated me a certain way, and so now I can't love them or can't respect them. It's not about that. It's about what God told you to do. God said love your wife, period. God said respect your husband, period. And if we want to have marriages that are God-honoring, that glorify him, that are done the way that God says it should be done, that show our children this is how marriage should be, that show the people in our church and the people at your job and your hairdresser, ladies. And, I mean, my wife gave an example. I mean, she's talked to her hairdresser quite a bit, witnessed to her and stuff. She's had a rough life. And she tells her, like, on purpose, the things that we are doing in church. And her hairdresser, she was there this last week, she says, you know, can I get that book? She's not saved. Not yet. But she wants that book. She's, she's with a boy, guy now. They're not married. She's been with a couple others. She has a son. And she told Lisa, and this is not to, again, pat our backs at all, but she said, you know, I just want a marriage like you've got. Now, we don't have a perfect marriage, right? She's married to me. It can't be. We have issues. Of course we do. But to an outside person, when we try, and again, I, this book has changed the way we treat each other just this past eight months. When we try to do what we're, what we're doing to our wife because we're doing it to the Lord, it'll change the way you treat your wife. It'll change the way you treat your husband, and people will see that. If you're not married yet, right, if that's coming up or that's something you're looking forward to in the future, make this a determination on how you will treat your spouse. Us as husbands and wives, you want your, your son, you want your son to be treated in a way that's respectful, right? When he grows up and gets married to a lady someday, you want her to treat him with respect. You have a daughter, you want her to marry a man that's going to love her unconditionally. That's what you want. But can we do that to our own spouse? Our, our kids will act very similar to the way we do in our marriage. And not the one here at church, but the one when you're at home. That version of your marriage that none of us see. And there are, that's where the bad things happen, right? That's where the arguments happen. That's where we sin. But when we work on that part of our marriage that no one else sees but our family... And we start doing it unto the Lord, that's where marriages are go from bad to good and from good to great. Amen. So I'll leave you with this last comment. We succeed in practicing love and respect when we see beyond our spouse and see Jesus. And when you envision that moment, again, okay, this is you have to do some daydreaming, which we all have. You envision that moment when you stand before him. That day is coming, right? He turned the red part of the rope is short. When you stand before him, at the judgment, and realize your marriage was merely a tool and a test to deepen and demonstrate your love and your reverence or respect for him. Amen. Your marriage is a tool. Your marriage is a test on how much you love him and how much you respect him. And when we see our marriage that way and we live our marriage that way, it'll, cha it'll change your marriage. Amen. It'll change your marriage. All right, let's stand, have our heads bowed and eyes closed.
We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.